Hey, we want to welcome you all to uh, Grace Mont Podcast number 27. And it just occurred to me, and we wanted to remind you that we have now been doing Grace Mont Podcast for over half a year. So we're into our seventh month. Mm-hmm. We're better part of one year we've been doing this podcast. And we've had some exciting moments. And maybe we'll have to do a... Uh, I don't know, a memories. A recap? Best of. We we can do the best of. We'll have the best of uh, version. Anyway, and I'm here with my esteemed Apostle John Luke. And I am Apostle Duke. And without further ado, we're going to do our song, which goes like this. Grace Maud. Grace Maud. Grace Maud. Grace Maud. Grace Mont. Not as good. Yeah, Not well, as good. I'm afraid I, but I forced you to go higher, because yeah, I went a little higher. No. Yeah. My anyway, bad. okay, we'll we'll get that. We'll do. We'll go back to the studio and work on that. <laughs> All right. Uh, so okay, so you, you're up. you're the moderator. I'm up. Okay, so tonight, uh, what I thought we could talk about was the James Webb Telescope and what it's telling us about our universe that we didn't know, apparently. We're learning a lot of new things. And I have four questions based on the telescope. for our exciting podcast tonight, what would the discovery of new life do to Christianity? If they found extraterrestrial life somehow, would that, how would that alter Christianity? Yeah, um, I like it. Okay. Uh, it says in the Bible, for God so loved the world. So... I think that means, exclu- I don't know, we're going to discuss that. It's going to be fascinating, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, and then it j- says Jesus was sent to earth. He was not sent to the universe. And then my last, oh, my last thought and comment I thought we could kick around was, if Big Bang is done, what about all the textbooks? I mean, in all these universities and schools, and it would just be, I don't know how you do that. So, anyway, uh, what do you think about that telescope there, John Luke? Oh, I think it's just amazing. I, I love looking at those pictures, and I love the stuff they're coming up with. Well, this, uh, these things, we, these little dots out there that we thought were stars, well, they're galaxies. Mm-hmm. And these little, yeah, the little dots, a little, red, little farther than that, we, red dot. those are like entire clusters of galaxies. Yeah, it's Right. It is amazing. Billions and billions of stars out there. It goes on. Does it go on? That's the question. Does it go on forever? Is there no end to it? Or does at some point, does the galaxy, I mean, does the uh, universe just stop? It's just like nothing. What do you think? Okay, so how, how I see it is like, Okay, I, I got to go back to the Big Bang because that's all I know. Big boom, 
there's nothing. There's just nothing, right? And then boom. And so the universe is going out. And the universe is out here. It's 14 billion years. I think out here there's space, but there's just nothing. That's, I mean, if you ask me today to bet, and the universe is just going, like at the speed of light, just expanding through that space. Well, let's tell our listeners what's got you onto this, because you watched a video. Oh, I watched a video. Okay, so here's what got me onto it, is Apostle John Luke mentioned, hey, this is a big, big deal, and no one's paying that much attention to it. And I was like, maybe I've heard of it. So I started looking up a lot of stuff about it, and it's, it's, it's like the Hubble telescope times 10, basically, new telescope up there. And so I was watching it dutifully to be a part of the conversation and learned that apparently there's 16, they think now, contra they, say, they say if they've learned this with this new telescope, Big Bang can't be true. 16, they found 16 things that they say, if this is true, it it flies in the face of Big Bang and it can't be true. And I even, I even Googled it today, is Big Bang dead? Oh, and it's a big, like, it's a big, like, argument now. It's, if you think Big Bang's dead, then you're wrong. And then another article would say, hey, we're not going to say it's dead, but here's what we found. <laughs> and it's like, it, to me, it's just so, such a historical time, right? Because this is almost like when we thought, you know, the earth, the, the sun went around the earth, and all of a sudden, man, hey, the earth goes around the sun. And all these, like I said, all these textbooks, all these, all these, I bet you there's, courses at universities that are like called Big Bang or origins of origins of matter or something and it and and the whole the whole uh, curriculum right is 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 based on that Big Bang being true and maybe it's not true I just I don't know to me it, even that show that show now is going to be called like it'd be called like Flat Earth, you know the Big Bang Show. I mean, we they look at Flat Earth. Oh, those old Flat Earth guys they they believe in the Big Bang. Yeah, yeah they're supposed to be super smart, but they believe in the Big Bang. So you're saying I don't know what you've found is that they're they're saying that from what they see, the universe is not expanding the way it would expect to be expanding if the Big Bang were real. And and they explained some of that and. I didn't understand it all, but it, I, I, it was credible to me as they were speaking about it. It's, it just came across as legit. Hey, and and this. Uh, sometimes I think when they're trying to push an agenda or something, you can kind of tell. But this just came across as like, dude. Oh, they were saying they were saying that the scientists were going. Um, this is totally unexpected. And and we just oh that not that huh uh which to me is just so cool, man. Well this this really goes along with the John Luke theory that yeah. our tiny little brains compared to the vastness of the universe, our tiny little brains, we are arrogant enough to think that 
with this little bit of matter inside our craniums that we can actually possibly fathom and understand the universe is a joke. Because yeah. we can kind of get, you know, okay, so this telescope's given us a little more insight. Yeah. But compared to what it took to create something like that, mm-hmm. our brains are nothing. They're like zip. Right. They're, they're like a IBM 286 or something, you know? Yeah. Compared to today's supercomputers. You know? Or even compared to your iPhone, you know? So our, our brains are not capable of really understanding the universe. Well, I mean, I even thought of this. And don't take this the wrong way. But I think you have medical doctors who, they know so much stuff, right? I mean, they can fix anything. But, and, and, and medical science as a whole and our society as a whole, we couldn't make a human body. No. We couldn't. We couldn't wire a brain together. We we don't have that technology. I mean, I think a lot of people think, yeah, we can create life, or and they can clone. They can clone, but they can't figure out how to. So even even the even our bodies are so incredibly complicated. Yeah, we don't have that figured out I, yet. So there's no way we're going to figure out the universe. I was laying in bed last night. I get these things, and I can't remember. It, it's like these little stinging things in my feet. Sorry, ladies and gentlemen. But it's like at night when I lay down, it feels like people sticking needles in my... Anyway, they say it's some deficiency of vitamin D or something. My dad had it. Anyway, I was laying there thinking, you know, my toe doesn't hurt. It, it, it's in my head that... That I feel that I think it's in my toe. I think I'm feeling my toe, but I'm not. I'm feeling it's here's where the. How does that work? You know, it it like goes up there, bang, and it tells me my foot's hurting, but it's not really, it, it, because it's a nerve. It's a nerve right. is what's making that stuff happen. Yeah. So, anywho, I'm done. I went out. I went out there a little. So, way, so. you were, you were. I'm I'm really interested in the extraterrestrial life one. Oh, okay. So, okay. So my question tonight is, we're learning so much with this new telescope. I think, what if they found alien life on another planet, and maybe they were similar to us, maybe not quite. I'm sure they wouldn't be exactly like we are. And we learned about them would that how does that change Christianity? I mean, how does that affect Christianity? Does it blow it out of the water? Um, because it says so God so loved the world, right? Right. And he sent Jesus to the earth. He didn't send him to anywhere else. So could they be saved? Could <laughs> could would they does that did they hear did God talk to them in some way or something, or I don't know. I just I think I think the Bible and Christianity is totally earthly. It is it is not meant for anything outside of the earth. But if there was other life, I don't know, man. Maybe they don't have souls, and maybe and here would be here would be the preponderance 
of the whole thing. It, I mean, just the, is that God really, out of this whole universe, you're talking about how big that is, right? Came down and got one little bitty, 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 bitty speck and said, I choose you. I choose you and I'm going to, I'm going to watch you every day and care for your needs. And it's, it's, to me, it's preposterous to think that unless that he would just pick the world out of the universe, man, it's like a speck of just nothing. Why would he pick us? I don't know. So I think it would, I think it would challenge Christianity immensely and, and it's going to happen. I think so. There could be a parallel Jesus on a, his a parallel. Oh, his name would be okay. Zichter, and and he was yeah. he came to planet X Y Z and he was sent by God to give his life for his fellow man. You know, all that. it could it could have happened. Could have been a parallel thing. So I guess it it we got to decide. Are we? Are we talking with our Christian hats, atheist hats, or novelist hats? So do do we get to do we get to address each one? Sure. Let's start with our Christian hats. What do you think? If they found extraterrestrial life on another planet, would would they have had a similar experience? Would God have treated them the way he if treated us? If I were us? a Christian, if I were a Christian, and I'm 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 thinking a serious, uh, critical, um, scientific Christian, and I'm studying the text. I would say there is no there is no other life in the universe. It's us, God. We are the center of the universe. I think if I, I think I could prove that scripturally. Is what I'm saying, pretty easily. So it would blow it. It would blow it out of the water. That's my Christian hat. Well, my Christian hat is got to be tainted with science because that's who I am. If right, if we discovered life on another planet, and if Christianity were true, then they would have to have had a similar experience. They, God would have, if they were intelligent, sentient beings, God would have come to them in the same kind of way, maybe at a different time. Who knows? Now, okay, hit it. <laughs> or they come and we meet them and they say, we have been watching you for 35,000 years. We And we have been communicating. We are like the, I don't know, when, when you have things happen to your earth and they're like the angels maybe. Ooh, could be. I don't know. I don't know. I've never thought of it, but what if they said, yeah, we we believe in God. We, In fact, we we are advanced further than you are, and we understand him better, and, it, and our job has been to take care of Earth and all these other guys out there. I don't know. You're sneaking into the novelist hat a little bit. You're, you're taking your... Oh, that's you're the novelist hat. sneaking your novelist hat on a little bit, I think. Okay, so I'm done, and you did your... Christian hat. So if I were doing the atheist hat, of course, it's easy. Like, no. No, there, there was no God. There was no God here. There it would was no make God no difference. Yeah. It'd make no difference to Christianity. Yeah. It's not true. And it, yeah. that wouldn't, that, that would not convince those idiots. 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> is what they would yeah. think. But that's, <laughs> They're going to believe no matter what. But that's no fun, is it, for this? No. So I think we go to the novelist hat now. Okay. Do you want to continue yours? or? I don't know what the novelist hat is uh, uh, accurately. Well, it's it's any it's unbridled whatever you want to think. Like I'm going to write a book and make it as good as possible. Yeah. Okay. So so here's how the book goes. We it's time they they say you have now uh, mentally created awareness to where it's time for you to meet us. We have been watching over your earth for tens of thousands of years. Uh, yes, we know Moses. We know Noah. Um, we are the go-between. We know God. And so now we are going to start teaching you how to know God more. And But something happens in the at, at the capital, and it go, all goes bad, man. The devil gets in there, and he creates himself to look like he's good, but he's bad. And, 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 then, and then it's on, and then we need a hero. We need a messiah. We would need a messiah. We would need a, some type of uh, intervention unexpected to us that and then it would it would parallel it would parallel the same thing that Jesus did which was paralleled by back in Egypt and it would be just a, a, a step further of God showing his mercy to his creation the end and in the second book <laughs> <laughs> yeah so that's my novelist yeah. That's pretty good. I don't know that I can top that. The uh, you've written a book, so well, I start thinking about it. The uh, it could be that the people on the other planet, like you said, have just totally been tricking us, and all the things, oh. all of the religions on Earth, were tricks that they pulled on us to keep us under control, because they've actually Ooh. been using us for some illicit purpose all this time for what for like some illicit purpose like doing experiments oh, with us like a stuff. test like we're test tubes yeah. or something yeah. maybe oh so. and they interjected like the plague back in such and such a hundred year to see how we would react Ooh, like, ooh hey hey bob watch this you know <laughs> yeah right uh, yeah Okay, I like that. That's that's cool. And then so okay, so there's there's your uh, there's your clash. How does it resolve? How does it end? Um, I don't know. <laughs> you gotta have an ending, man. <laughs> I don't have the you ending yet. Okay. Lightning bolts right. come down, destroy both worlds, and then there's a then it, and then there's a third world that's been watching over all of it, and they're going. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And maybe they take out the middle world yeah. and we're, we're saved. Maybe. Or maybe we all die. Yeah. We could all die, sure. too. Those those kind of suck. But <laughs> <laughs> What's your third? Okay, so we, um, novelist, Christian, atheist. Was there another hat? Is it? I thought you said four or no, something. No, those are the, the three main hats. So what's okay. your next question there? So... 
So my next question to you, okay, here's my next question to you. All right, you are the superintendent of academics in the United States. You're having a conference tomorrow and it's an emergency conference and they're telling you we need to change all the textbooks and all the curriculum and all the universities now because if you wait we're gonna you know the the rest of the world is going to laugh at us because that's been disproven but it's gonna cost two billion dollars what do you do uh, am I a government employee yeah, well, you call it that. Yes, yeah. you would be. You're on the staff. You're on Biden's staff. Okay, well, let's say you're his uh, educational czar. I would say sure, okay. we change it. It's just right now? just two billion dollars. That's that's play money. That's yeah. what I'd say if, if I was a government bureaucrat, and not the one paying the taxes. My perception of scientists is that theories die hard. Theories die violently sometimes. Yeah, they don't want to give up. Science. Yeah, people spent their entire lives believing in a theory and then it, letting it die is hard, right? That's right, yeah. And I suspect, I don't see any difference in this. I think it's going to be a, and, and 16 things they said they saw with this. They said if this is true, they so what they did is they predicted stuff. And they said if Big Bang's right, then we predict this. And they looked at it and they go, oh, no, that that didn't work. And same thing, 16 times. Right. So I think it's gone, man. Of course, it was just one YouTube video that we watched. <laughs> that is true. You know, you're that right about that. doesn't make us well, astrophysicists, does it? Well, and I told you I got on Google today, and it was page after page. It's Big Bang Dead, and it's the argument's on, man. Yeah. Fun. That's kind it's, of fun. It, it is kind of fun. That's what the scientific world thrives on, that kind of stuff. Yeah. Especially now that they're – this is probably the biggest thing that's happened since social media has occurred as far as in the scientific community. Yeah. I mean, even – It's 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 cool. I mean, the man. pandemic was a big splash in the pan. Yeah. That got everybody's yeah. attention. But really, the James Webb and what it's showing us is the biggest scientific discovery since we've had social media. And so there's yeah. lots of room for, for debate and mm -hmm. forums, you know, got people talking. I'm an ex-Big Bang. That's fun. I'm standing here today, ex-Big Bang. Okay. <laughs> and I'll learn more, I'm sure. Yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll know later, right? We'll, we'll learn more about it. But yeah, as of now, there's other questions I have, like you, like how big is it? What else is out there? that can still be fun to discuss. Sure. And I guess the Big Bang could be fun. Yeah, the but. Big Bang was just like a couple of guys were were stoned in the back room. They go, whoa, what if? You know, And then people started yeah. putting it together, and it kind of fits some calculations. They don't know. <laughs> they don't know that. They never did. It was just, just an idea. They say stuff like, so I watch these programs, and they say, okay, this – this galaxy is 658 light years away, and this star is 34 7, uh, 37,000 degrees, and it's surrounded by uh, methane. And I'm like, how in the world? 
I I think if I knew tomorrow they were going to go out there and check it, they'd probably go, we better make sure there's... But you know, it's like, but can that be right? You hear that stuff all the time, right? Well, they do that. It's mostly by color analysis. It's obviously by sight. It can only be by sight. It's something that... Because they don't have any chemical things to measure or unless the Mars rover gives them a little bit of that. Well, but that's... But other than that, it's just what you can see. Yeah, that's nowhere near what... That's just next door. So... But far out in space, they can't tell any of that. It's, it's all by an, analyzing the colors and wavelengths and stuff that they get. And right. they know that various chemicals, compounds, and energy and temperatures put off those different wavelengths. And that's how they have to you know, extrapolate that, what it is. Hey, think about this. In Mars, from Earth, they had to they had to learn that there's two and a half miles of dust underneath that dust is going it's going to be 65 yards to the ground and the ground's going to be and it's going to weigh this much on that they had to know all that man to get that from earth just by looking at it right i think I don't know. Yeah. That just seems... It's amazing the that, calculations they can do about that stuff and the the extrapolations and the answers they can come up with. And they're all still just somewhat guessing. But yeah. they're educated guesses. Yeah. Sure, yeah. Okay. I have I have a different subject that okay. is of interest to me now. Okay. As I mentioned before, to get my drug license, the DEA is making me do this eight hours of training. Which I was like, ah, I don't do that. I don't even write prescriptions for narcotics. Well, yeah, I'm gonna have to eat my words because oh, really? it's actually been useful stuff. It's it's a whole lot of stuff about addiction medicine that I'm learning. Oh yeah, that huh, uh, addiction medicine. Yeah, it's a whole new specialty okay. now, especially since there's wow. so many people ad addicted to narcotics and stuff. Yeah, uh, and uh, so many people dying from fentanyl overdoses, what have you. I don't understand that. I do not what I don't know what that is. Uh, I'm sort of dangerously curious about it. Like, what it, it's like? Do you know anything about it? I know fentanyl inside and out. I, fentanyl is a drug oh, used by anesthesiologists for I don't know fifty years. Okay. It's a. It's part of our standard drug regimen for any anesthetic. It's a really Highly, it's a very powerful, but short-acting narcotic. It's like morphine. Short-acting. It's like okay. morphine, but it's it's uh, you know morphine lasts four hours, fentanyl lasts thirty minutes. Okay. So, or an hour. It's a bigger kind of bang thing. Well, so ten milligrams of morphine is the same yeah. power as about point one milligrams of fentanyl. Wow. Yeah. Well, they were on this addiction thing, but it's being made synthetically in China, and they're shipping it over here by the truckloads through Mexico and stuff. And the, uh, well, they, they, they're making the raw materials over there, sending it to Mexico where they finish it up and then they're shipping it in the United States. It's almost like it's, it may be warfare. Like, ooh. It may be the Chinese trying to dis destroy our, 
way of life. Hey, so I'm going to just call you on this. We had a conspiracy theorist on here one evening. It, you, I don't know. Are you? Are, it, that sounds like a conspiracy to me, man. Well, a conspiracy theorist will speak to you as if it's the truth. I'm like, it could be. It could yeah. be that. It's, it's, uh, it may just be people trying to make money. And don't, well, and don't it makes care. sense. It it there's there there's value for them in that. I mean, what do you call that? Salacious value for them. But well, it's killing your enemy without having to fight them. Exactly. They're buying the stuff. Yeah. They pay us money. Yeah, they make money off of killing it us. <laughs> it's crazy. I know. It's it. Oh, it's beautiful. Yeah. Well, <laughs> it's it's brilliant. I mean, but yeah. It's, so anyway, it's not the first time we've had the British fought the Chinese over opium back in the eighteen hundreds. You remember the Opium War? Yeah. Well, a, I remember that was a war that went on war. over opium back then. And then what was that? Agent Orange, Agent Orange Green, or something they were using and. Agent Orange was a defoliant that uh, the American Army used in Vietnam. They dropped it on the, they would drop it from aircraft onto the jungle. It would kill all the plants so that the the enemy couldn't hide in the jungle. That's what Agent Orange is. But th but then it got in their nerves or something, right? It was uh, apparently it was toxic, and so it it uh, caused some injury to. To some of the soldiers, yeah. It, uh, I, I'm not sure exactly what all it caused, but it... Okay, I thought good. it was like chemical warfare. No, no, it was, it was a defoliant. It was but there, a plant killer. Like, oh, so it it was not meant as a... Nope. Oh, I thought it was a, a weapon of war, nope. is what I always thought. It was a tool. Was. Okay, see, it was a, a tool. It was a gardening tool to kill all the vegetation so they could see yeah. the... Uh, the people hiding there trying to shoot at you. But it ended up being, it's a poison to to uh, a lot of the people that got it dropped on them and or people were exposed to it. But I was, back to the addiction thing, uh, it, it really kind of opened my eyes because, you know, you having been an addict, you know people look at you like you're a second class citizen, right? Or not even a citizen, you're Worse than that, your dirt. And, and Not quite. <laughs> well, back when you were an addict, they, oh, when I was an addict, you didn't get no respect. Right. Yeah. So now, people still have attitudes like that towards addicts. Like, well, it's their fault that they're addicts. They did it to themselves. What do they expect? And so, therefore, there's shame associated with it. So people don't seek help as quickly as they should. Yeah. And so now there's a changing attitude about people that are on narcotics. Right. Uh, talk to them about it. Say, hey, it looks like you're on narcotics. Can we get you treated for that? And the narcotic treatment, sending them to rehab and stuff, doesn't work very well. They end up like it's an average. If you're just sending people to detox and and uh, getting them off the drugs so they completely stop. It takes like eight times in rehab.
for the average person to get off them. Whereas uh, if you put them on the new um, buprenorphine, and it's a... Love that stuff. (laughs) Buprenorphine is a synthetic narcotic that hits... There's three kinds of narcotic receptors. Like one of them is responsible for the pain control in the brain and uh, okay and it gives the euphoria and it causes the itching and the nausea and then another one does something mm. else the other one does something else well it it uh, one of them is for rest that causes the respiratory depression anyway this one hits the hits the one that just causes the euphoria and so forth and the pain mm. control yeah and it blocks Love the it. other two that cause some of the oh. bad side effects of narcotics Mm-hmm. So anyway, you put people on that, and they're not stoned all the time. They can function. They just, it's a sublingual right. tablet they take twice a day. And, oh, that's cool. And they can get back into society and function. And there's oh. about a third of them stay on it successfully until they can eventually stop. And, right. And so if you get somebody on that, it's a much better chance of getting them back into society and have them like stop breaking into your house and steal your stuff. <laughs> yeah. So they're, uh, so you, Oh, and it's not that hard to get them started on it either. So you thinking like prisons and stuff? Uh, well anywhere. I mean, they're using it a lot. There's, they're setting up programs in, in ERs. You know, they, somebody comes in for a drug for a narcotic addiction thing and, they say, "Hey, it looks yeah. like you're on narcotics," and and we say, "We're not trying to shame you. We're trying to help you. What do you think? You want to get off?" Wow. And a lot of them will say, "Well, yeah, but I didn't think I could." And so they get them started on that, and then send them to an addiction specialist. It's, addiction medicine is a whole new specialty now, where yeah. people come in. They they monitor these people with these drugs, and and they're not abused very much. There's one called Suboxone, which is a mix of this buprenorphine and uh, Narcan, which is the the drug you give people that are narcotic overdose, it uh, okay. But it's it's such that you take the you take it sublingually, and the narc the narc sublingual. What does that mean? Put it in your tongue and it dissolves. Oh, okay. But the Narcan, the naloxone, isn't absorbed. So the only reason they put it in there is to keep people from melting it down and shooting it up. You can't melt it down and shoot it oh. up because the Narcan, the blocker, works if you shoot it at IV, but it doesn't work if you stick it under your tongue. So it's it's kind of a, it keeps people from abusing it that way. So huh. it's kind of it's kind of a cool system. So that's, that's really helping is this people. like a trend or something in medicine? That's oh well the uh, the number of deaths from narcotic overdose since two thousand. It's yeah. just skyrocketed. I mean, like it's gone up three, four, five times per year, the number per thousand of people that die of narcotic overdose versus 30 years ago. It's crazy. Right. Yeah, but I'm, I'm thinking like some of this movement for like some of these drugs that... So you're thinking like these people who are overdosing on these drugs, if they got them on... Uh, something a little bit different then they could go back into society and is what you're right this this uh this buprenorphine i'm talking about it keeps 
So it, it hits that receptor and it provides some pain relief, but not the full pain okay. relief that like morphine would. But it sticks on there and it doesn't let other narcotics get to it. So right. if you're uh, if you're taking this drug and you take an overdose of fentanyl, it probably wouldn't hurt you because the fentanyl couldn't get to it. Let me ask you, as a physician, right? Yep. If someone were on drugs, say, "Man, I'm having drug," or "I'm just having a really, really bad time," would you prescribe this to them and let them take? Would you subscribe it to them? One and two would. Would you like go, hey, I, this is going to be like a lifelong um, medication you're going to be on for the rest of your life. Are you that, would you advocate for this that strong? Yeah, sure. John Luke. Sure. Oh, you would, really? Yeah. Okay. I mean, I'm not going to go into addiction medicine because I'm about ready to retire, but hey, if so I were, Hey, so is that like super expensive that. or something? Uh, it kind of is now. It's hard for some people to get, but uh, I think as it becomes more and more popular, the government will start paying for it. You know, oh, like pay the for, generic stuff? Well, they'll now. pay for HIV medicines. And there are a lot more people that are narcotic addicts than, than have HIV. So let me ask you something. I'm on lisinopril. Yeah. I get it for like four bucks for like sometimes three months worth. And I take it every day. How How... How can I get it that cheap? Insurance company I, is paying for it. Really? And that's part of what you pay in the insurance premium. Oh, that's my insurance that's paying that. Okay. So if I if I weren't on insurance, what what you know lisinopril? I mean it, right? I mean it's like super common for heart high blood pressure and Yeah, it's it's a generic drug now. It's not that expensive. So if you had to pay for it, it'd probably be fifty bucks a month. Fifty a month? That's still a lot. Versus four. Yeah. That's that's quite a bit. But anyway. Yeah, so I wondered about that. So um so I'm gonna confess how long have we been going? I'm gonna confess to my whole radio listening audience and my physician, uh that my I've been on Prozac for three four years, and 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 my doc he just was like, "Don't feel bad about taking this, just take it." And and then uh, and then so I take it every day. I have for years, and I, I I hear people talking about like, but it it's not like a high or anything. I guess I'm not even sure sometimes if I feel it or not. But sometimes I'm like, man, life's really good, and I'm like, is that me or? You know, is that the med? But I, but I can get this stuff for like four bucks for months. And I was like, "How's that?" I think you should be very ashamed. You should crawl in a hole. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, it's great. If it, if it, if you, it makes you have a better life. The, the, the risks to taking Prozac are pretty low. It's got some side effects, you know, but, but yeah. uh, that versus being bummed out all the time and depressed. It's worth. Yeah, it's well, fine. But there, you'd be amazed at how many people are taking that, or Wellbutrin, or some other mood-altering drug. I hear that. I hear these. I heard this. I read this article about. I'm, just go with it here. It sounds like sixty percent of Americans are on some type of. 
anxiety. Mood altering or, drug, yes. Yeah, our deal. Yeah. And, it, and it sounded horrible. But I thought, well, shoot, I know they probably are including me in that. And it's like, so what happened to me was, and I want to tell our whole audience, as I was telling the doc, I said, man, I was kind of kind of anxious about this. And uh, I said, it kind of bothered me. And, da, 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 and he mentioned a couple of times me being kind of just anxious. So th that's what it's for. He just said, man, it just helped you just not, you don't top out so bad or something. So I don't know. I'm looking at it as health. That's how I'm looking at it is like this is, I'm healthier because I'm taking this. I'm healthier. So anyway, there's that. So back to your deal. Um, so fentanyl is like on the streets everywhere. Yeah. And it's killing people. Man. One of the it it showed an interesting, showed an interesting photo. It had three vials, like just three little pill bottles, and like uh, for like heroin. It, yeah. It was about two millimeters at the bottom of the pill bottle is what it took for a certain amount of high whatever for the same amount of high the fentanyl was just kind of a little powder at the bottom like a, yeah. a half a millimeter and there's this other one called carfentanil and it was just one little grain and you get the same oh, yeah. amount of high off yeah. of all of those so when they slip a little carfentanil in there oh and the people don't know what they're getting you know, it's a it's a white powder you buy from some dude on the street that that's got his got his or hood. Your date he's got his hoodie. You're at a party. He's got his hoodie pulled yeah. up. He's got a mask pulled up. Somebody sees him and he's and he said, "Hey, buddy, I got a you know, uh, that's some good yeah. that's some good stuff. It's the best, yeah. the finest quality." And so you go snort it or shoot it or whatever you do with it, and then it hits your system so fast. I mean, if you snort it. It's in your yeah. system in five minutes, and you're you could be dead that quick. Ooh, yeah. So what does it do? It just slows your heart down, or? Uh, well, all the, the it has a dose dependent effect on a lot of things. Like the main thing yeah. it does is it depresses your respiratory center in your brain, and you stop oh, okay. breathing. It's like you forget to breathe. Oh gosh. You become unconscious. Wow. You're so stoned you don't, you can't even think, and and you forget to breathe. Yeah, or you're just yeah, and then you're unconscious, and your body is just not giving that signal yeah. out. To breathe, it's a poison, breathe. is what it is. Yeah, yeah, but but it, that used in the right way is is good, right? Under the clinical sure. supervision of a doctor, of course, but yeah, but sure. used under the clinical supervision of your buddy that bought it from a drug dealer, no. Hey, how do they make it? Is it some plant or something, or is it just? I don't know. What is it? I don't know what goes okay. into the manufacturing process of it. Well, I know like some of these drugs are from like some opium, and you know they found it in some usually plant or right is how they came up with a lot of our pharmaceuticals. I think I fentanyl. Know. They just synthesize it from from other chemicals. They don't even they don't even okay. get it from. Oh, the opium poppy anymore. It'd be interesting. How long has it been around? Long been time, around, huh? Probably 50 years. Oh, see, somebody, there's some history to that. 
I bet. Would be kind of interesting, maybe. I don't like cocaine and all that stuff. How did that all start? And, oh, Cocaine's and been I, around I watched since this, 1800s. Oh, know? I watched a documentary about Hitler and his flying force. Uh, they were on uh, meth. They didn't really know what it was then. They were just giving it to them and saying, hey, man, it's like you can fly for two and a half days on this stuff. And they didn't know what it was, but they were they, they had their all their pilots were taking it. Anyway, go ahead. Hmm. Sorry. Yeah, I didn't know that. Yeah, so, but they, yeah. So anyway. Oh, and then like, you know, Coca-Cola used to be full of cocaine, right? Yeah. Yeah, I quit drinking yeah. when they and took the Coke out of it. Yeah, I did too. Yeah. It's like, screw it. It's like, it's like, why bother? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, well, um, I took us way off target, I think. Well, I did too. I didn't really even have a target tonight, but... I'm really. I didn't either, and that's what's fun. I'm yeah. pretty excited about. There is a path to help people that are narcotic addicts, and the number one thing in the path is stop shaming them for it because they, you know, like okay, I messed up. I should yeah. never have started it, but I did. But so many of them get started by taking pain medicines after surgery or something. Yeah. And then they start taking that, and then they can't get anybody to prescribe pain medicine for them anymore so then they start taking heroin then they get uh, infection inside their heart and end up having heart valves and then they overdose and die and who knows what it's all a bad cycle but do you think like this is just part of history I saw a deal one time where one of the Chinese leaders from like I can't the Zhang dynasty or whatever but this guy was trying to live, he wanted to live forever, and they were pumping him full of mercury because they didn't know. They thought then that this mercury would help him live longer, and so, but it ate his brain up and killed him. But I was just thinking, like, all through history, right? Medicine has been goofing up a little bit on this, and, and then they regulate some of this stuff. And so, yeah, it's probably, it's probably not going... As, as well as they would like it. We're a lot better off, right, than we would be without it. But we, but it's like you got to make some adjustments someplace. Well, medicine's kind of a two steps forward, one step back thing. We'll think we've got something yeah. figured out, and it's great. It's the greatest thing. And then it turns out it's got side effects that give people cancer, you know. And so, well, we'll back yeah. up and then go a different direction. And But, we've, you know, in my lifetime, your lifetime, we've moved forward a lot, mm -hmm. you know. In, oh, yeah. In a lot of our treatments. Oh, hey. So I used to work in a hospital. I don't know if you ever knew this. I worked in it for seven years. Anyway, I worked in intensive care, and we'd have open heart surgeries. And these guys would be in intensive care for like five, six days after open heart. And today, it's like they have open heart, and they're like that week they're home, right? Yeah, they get I them mean, out quicker, like, yeah. It's like super, super advanced. I just remember they had all these tubes it, and it'd be like two days before we'd be getting the room ready. It's like, hey, we got a heart coming up here. And man, they'd put, and he was just on ventilators and the whole deal. And they had a nurse in there with him 24-7. Right. She was not to be out of that room. I mean, or have somebody watching him. But golly, today it's just so different. So cool, right? Yep. A lot of difference. All right, man. I think we're about done. You think? Yeah, I honestly, honestly, let's take this 
let's take this topic. I like I like the narcotic thing, and you like it too. I like the science, and I like the universe. Well, the takeaway discussion message discussion is pretty fun. The, I like them both too. The takeaway message for the narcotics is that the physicians and the other people in healthcare need to have a different attitude toward narcotic addicts. And a lot of the narcotic addicts want to get off of it. Yeah. But there's not help for them out there because the government doesn't supply the help. All of the the you know people with money can get in rehab, but that doesn't work very well. Whereas taking the the buprenorphine really does work pretty well. About a third of the people will stay on it and stay off the drugs once they get started on it, which is That's huge awesome, compared man. to you know what it takes. You know, getting people in and out of rehab. How many times they fail at that? Oh gosh, yeah, and the money it costs oh, yeah. to go through a rehab. Yeah. All right, so my takeaway is with our telescope friend, never be too sure that what you believe is true is actually true. You've always got to be open to the idea that maybe you're wrong. So that's my takeaway. So we got to be seekers, right? We have seekers. to be seekers, always, always seekers and always open right. to the possibility of, of a new understanding of something. I agree. Okay, man. All right. This is Grace Mott Podcast, episode 27. We, uh, you can send us an email at ad1 at gracemont.com. You can look at our website at gracemont.com if you like. Call me, anything. Yeah. And uh, we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.